Hey G12 family, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you here. We know this message will draw you closer to God's word, his will, and his way wherever you are. Enjoy the message. Today, the title of my message, are you guys sure you're ready? Yeah, okay. It's called The Road to Freedom. Woo! The Road to Freedom, all right? And so before I start talking, I want to share with you guys something. Last time I shared a lot of nerdy things. I'm going to share another nerdy thing. I think I have a tendency to like nerdy things. So have you guys ever heard of Plato? Not Clay, the philosopher. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Plato. Yeah. Okay. So Plato was a philosopher. And he came up with something called the allegory of the cave, right? And in this allegory, he tells, what, he tells the story of um, these men who had been prisoners their whole life. And this was way back when. Can you guys turn the lights up a little bit more? I just want to see who I'm talking to. Um, So these men had been prisoners their whole life. Way back when there was not, you know, jails. There was no, you know, amendment against cruel and unusual punishment. It was just, you're a prisoner, right? And so these men were chained up in a cave. And they were forced to look at a wall their whole life. And behind the men, behind them being chained up, there was a fire. And then behind that fire there was a bridge. And through that bridge, the people would pass by from the town to sell, you know, the stuff. The merchants would sell the cloth, the silk, all this stuff. People would, you know, do things in the outside world. But all the time, these men who were prisoners, all they could see on the wall was a shadow of what was going on behind them in the real world because the fire would create a shadow on the wall. Finally, one day, one of these men was set free. And they take him outside. They drag him out of the cave, and they take him outside. And when he sees the world, he was in shock. He saw how beautiful the world really was because all he knew were these shadows, these illusions, these images on the wall that were just reflections of what the world really was. But now that he was free, he saw how beautiful the world was in all of its fullness. Isn't that a cool story? Yeah. He went back to try to tell his friends, hey, these shadows are nothing. You know, he was screaming from the bridge. But the friends that were still prisoners, all they could see were just his shadow, you know, moving around on the wall. And they would never understand what the world really looked like until they experienced it for themselves. And so today I want to talk about that, the path to freedom, right? Because the world would have us believe that freedom is doing everything you want, whatever you want, whatever makes you happy, that sin is freedom, right? But Christianity is about having true life, right? It's about 
what Jesus said in John 10, 10. He says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. Amen? In one version, which I'm a little embarrassed to quote because I don't really like to use it. If you use it, I'm not judging you. But in the message version of the Bible, it says, I have come that you may have life, that you may have it to the fullest, and that you may live it to the fullest. Right? And so Christian life is about true freedom. And it's about fullness. Right? And sin, that idea the world tries to sell us, is like those shadows. Right? All we see are shadows and images and illusions. They're fake. But when we receive true freedom in Christ, we go out into the world and we notice how beautiful life really is. Amen? So, with that being said, I quoted John 10.10. 10. Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full. Right? And so that requires two things. Life is freedom, right? But fullness, fullness means cohesion, right? It's like everything. When you think of full, like when you guys eat and you're full, I mean, some of you might have a little self-control more than others. But um, when I say I'm full, it doesn't mean like I'm good, you know, I'm, I'm good, you know. No, when I say I'm full, I'm like, oh, my God, like I can't eat another thing, you know, because especially now, and I'm pregnant. Like, the bottom part is the baby. The top part is your stomach. So if you eat too much, you don't have any more space to put anything, right? And so when you're full, it means everything. There's nothing left out. When I say something is full, like, there's no space for anything else, right? And so what I want to talk about is that because a lot of people have the misunderstanding about Christian life, right? And a lot of times, a lot of people is us. We don't really understand Christian life. We think that Christianity is about appearances. We think that Christianity is about pretending, right? So we have to pretend to be holy. We have to appear to be holy, right? And so we can't let our guard down. We can't let people see who we really are, right? A lot of people live Christianity this way. But that's not the goal of Christianity, right? Because Jesus said, I want you to have life and to live it to the full. Not to live in appearances. Not to live, you know, pretending. Because Christian life is not about repressing, right? So a lot of times what we do as Christians are like, oh, I can't, I can't sin anymore. I can't sin. And we pretend that we don't like to sin. And we pretend that we don't sin anymore, right? And some people, when they first become Christians, you know, you see some guys, they're like, they can't look anywhere. They're like, I can't look. I can't look, you know. And, like, you're, you just, like, can't act normal because you're trying to control yourself. And I, I think I've shared this before, but I'll share it again. So when I first became a Christian, one of my weaknesses has been my temper. I know it doesn't seem like it here, but... That's one of the things that I hide. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but my temper has always been, you know, one of the areas that I've struggled with. And that, that was 15 years ago. So it was even worse back then. I was like a monster. And so <laughs> I became a Christian. And my sister, who's like three years younger than me, she was like so annoying in that age, right? We were like teenagers. 
and she was just getting on my nerves and we would fight all the time and she would because she saw that I became a Christian she would try to provoke me because she was like one day I came back from my encounter and I threw away all I, you guys know what CDs are yeah <laughs> I threw away all my CDs I you know everything changed so she was like what's going on she didn't like it she liked like the cool older sister she used to have and now like I guess I was boring to her or something and she was trying to provoke me and one day she was fighting with me and we just started fighting and I don't know like why like we started wrestling this is like crazy right we started wrestling we ended up on the floor and I was so mad like in my head I wanted to like curse her out I was like mm, you know but I couldn't because I was a Christian already so I was like I can't even say anything like I don't know what to say you know like my dad when he used to get mad he wasn't a Christian, but my mom never liked him to curse around us. So when he would be, like, working at the house and he would get mad, he was like, God bless it, you know? <laughs> like, and so that's how I felt in that moment. And I got up off the floor and I wanted to, like, curse her out. I was like, you know? And you know what I did? It's super embarrassing. I stuck up, stuck up my middle finger. <laughs> I was like, you see this finger, <laughs> you know? Because I wanted to say the words, but I couldn't because I was a Christian. And I'm like, this finger's for you. <laughs> and I was like, like, there was like smoke coming out of my ears. And then she's like, and you call yourself a Christian? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I started crying. And I'm like, ah, you know, I failed God, you know. And a lot of times we live our Christian life like this, like in repression. We're pretending and we have to control our behaviors. And that's not the life that God has for us, right? He wants us to live in freedom, right? You don't have to second guess everything you're doing, second guess every word that comes out of your mouth. And so with that being said, do you guys wanna know what the path is to freedom? Yes, yes. are you sure? Yes. All right, remember you asked for it. The path to freedom is slavery. The path to freedom, to true freedom in Christ, is slavery. I know you guys are like, what? This just took a negative turn. I don't know if I want to hear this. <laughs> I'm going to explain it to you guys. All right? We're going to be reading from Romans. Romans chapter 6. And so the way this chapter is set up is that it talks about different destinations, right? And so... The end goal is that true freedom, that true holiness, right? And so what it sets up is kind of like these different stops. So today I want you guys to put on your imagination cap. Did I ever tell you guys I used to work in elementary school? <laughs> yeah. You're going to put on your imagination caps. And you're going to pretend like we're getting on a bus. And we're going on a journey. Right? And the destination... The place that we're supposed to arrive at is that true freedom in Christ, true holiness, right? But along the way, we have to make certain stops because this is a bus, not a time machine. So we're going to read from Romans, and we're going to find out what the first stop is, okay? We're going to read Romans chapter 6, verse 16. It says, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or slaves to obedience, which leads to righteousness. 
Amen? So the first stop that we have to make on this bus tour is, number one, we have to become slaves to obedience, right? That's why I said the path to freedom is slavery. The first thing we have to do is become slaves to obedience, right? So when Jesus talked about having a full life, he talked about fullness. And as a human being, we have three parts. The full part of a human being, we're divided into thirds. I'm not good at math, but this is how far my math goes. We're divided into thirds. One third of us is our body. The other one third of us is our soul. And then the other one third of us is our spirit. And three thirds equals a whole, right? Got it. Check. And so the first thing here, the Apostle Paul tells us, he says, you have to be slaves to obedience. And obedience speaks about your soul, right? Because the soul of a human being, all of us, our soul speaks about our mind our emotions, and our will, right? And when we bring our soul, those three areas, our mind, our emotion, our will, into obedience to the word of God, there is power in those things, right? And so what the Bible says in the same book of Romans, have you guys ever read Romans? Yeah. Edwin and Pam, good job. <laughs> I would challenge you guys to read Romans, doesn't have to be this week, but at some point this year, read Romans. Because it really breaks down for you, right? In the same book, in chapter 1, I want you guys to listen to what it says. This is one of my favorite verses. It's not one of those verses you memorize, like, as a promise, like, all things work together for good. You know, that's a great verse. But listen to this verse. In verse 28, chapter 1, it says, Furthermore... Because they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not be done. Do you guys understand what that says? It says because they didn't think it was valuable to receive knowledge for, of God, because they didn't think it was something important to know the word of God, he gave their minds over to depraved things. Right, And so when we are not in obedience to the word of God, when we don't value the word of God, all of a sudden our mind becomes full of depraved things. Have you ever been sitting there and a thought comes in your head and you're like, oh, no, 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 get out. Yeah, no, just me. Right? And it depends on what your area of struggle is, right? So I struggled with my temper. So sometimes I'm like, I just want to punch him in the face, you know. But I also used to struggle a lot with fear. Right? And like fear, not like, oh, I'm scared, you know, but like psychological fear, like you, because for those of you who don't know, when I was younger, like I had another brother, he passed away. We went through a lot of like traumatic things in my family. And when that happened, the enemy brought fear into my life, right? So I was always, every time I would hear an ambulance, I was like, oh my God. Where's my mom? Where's my dad? Where's my brother? Where's my sister? Like, I would start checking everybody off the list to make sure everyone was okay, you know? Um, when you see the news, you know, you're like, oh, my God. You know, you used to watch, like, America's Most Wanted. They're like, now loose in Hollywood, Florida. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I wouldn't even want to go throw away the garbage. Like, serious fear, right? And so because that was my struggle, 
what would happen is that sometimes I would just be sitting there and this thought would come like, what if one day your parents die? You know, I know it sounds like super dark and you're like, oh my God, no. And you start to play this whole movie, you're like, no, like, no, no, I don't even know what I would do, you know. And you start to play this whole movie. What if, you know, you go to school and you fail everything that you work so hard for? And then you start to think about it. They're like, no, get out, get out, thought, you know. And so it depends what your struggle is, right? If you struggle with immorality, maybe you're sitting there. And one day, like, oh, what if? And then you fill in the blank because I'm not going to do that here, you know. But whatever your struggle is, if you don't bring your mind into obedience to the word of God, then it becomes captive to depravity. It becomes given over to things that you should not be thinking about. You understand what I'm saying? Amen? And so what happens is that the mind is the gatekeeper of the soul. Right? That sounds like a novel, right? But the mind is the gatekeeper of the soul. The first thing you do is you think about something. And then that thought becomes an emotion. And you're like, oh, right? Like, oh, I don't really like talking about stuff like this. But when I met Josh, I'm not that kind of, you know, like, I'm not like, Joey, Joey's like, ay, lo vi, mi corazón, you know? And I, like, oh. so when I met Josh, we were like friends or whatever. He started hanging out with me and my friends. He was slick about it. And I was like, yeah, you know. And then one of my friends here, her name is Pam, she's like, Ashley, what's up with that guy? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, he's just cool. He's from church. He's like, no, no, I think he likes you. And I'm like, no, no, you know. And I was like, no. But then, because she said that, I was like, wait, what? And I started to think about it. And then I was like, hmm, maybe he does. <laughs> and I'm like, and maybe I do, right? And I started to think about it, but the first thing that happens is that you have a thought, right? And then that thought, obviously, when you're in Christ, you have to submit it to the word of God, which is what I did. But what happens then to the thought? Then it becomes an emotion. Like, oh, he likes me. Oh, he likes me, you know? It becomes an emotion. And after it becomes an emotion, then it becomes your will, your decision. You're like, yes, this is what I want, and I commit to that. You see what I mean? So the mind is the gatekeeper of the soul. And the first thing the apostle tells us is that you must be a slave to obedience. Amen? Now, the second thing, the next stop, you guys ready? Get on the magic school bus. <laughs> the second stop that we're going to take is in verse 18 and 19. Are the verses? No? Okay. I'll read it to you guys. We'll do popcorn reading. You guys know what that is? Yeah? She was like, <laughs> pick me. <laughs> All right. You see, it's cool because there's only half of us here. So we could do popcorn reading if we wanted to. <laughs> so 16, verse, no, sorry. Chapter 6, verse 18 and 19, right? So I'm not going to skip 17. I'll just read it because why, you know? So it says, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Verse 17, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Amen? 
right? So the second stop that we make on this journey is that number two, slaves to righteousness. Slaves to righteousness, right? And so it says here in verse 16, become slaves to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Good job. Let's do it again. It says you become slaves to obedience, which leads to Good job. So the second stop is that we're slaves to righteousness, right? In verse 19, it says, I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves, just as you used to offer parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness. Now offer them in slavery to righteousness, which leads to holiness. Amen? So what do we see here? Righteousness speaks about the second part. The first part, obedience, speaks of our soul. Righteousness here speaks about your body. Right? It says here, as you used to offer your body before to all kinds of impurity and ever-increasing wickedness, so then now offer it to righteousness. And righteousness, a lot of people don't really know this. We read the Bible and we think that righteousness and holiness are the same thing. And they are not. Righteousness is a behavior. Righteousness is a discipline. Holiness is a nature. Right? And so the, the, what the apostle says here is that you must become a slave to righteousness. You must become a slave to righteous behavior. A slave to righteous disciplines. Right? And what happens is how do we do that? The apostle tells us. By offering every part of our body to God. Right? There's verses in the Bible all over. Romans chapter 12, if you're taking notes, verse 1. It says, now, therefore, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, pleasing to God. Right? In Galatians 2.20, the Apostle Paul, he, I'm sure you guys have heard this verse before. He says, you know, no longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live in faith in the Son of God. Right? And then in this same chapter, chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, it says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer your bodies to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Amen? So righteousness is all about your body. What are we allowing our body to become a slave to? Right? These feet of mine, where am I allowing these feet to step? I want you to look at your feet. Hey, feet. Where am I allowing these feet to step? Right? These hands that God created, where, what am I allowing these hands to do? This mouth, these eyes, every part of my body should be offered to Christ. And as you become a slave to righteousness in discipline, in behavior, what happens is that disciplines become natures. You guys understand that? I'll give you an example. How many of you guys are in high school? Okay. Don't listen to what I'm going to say. When I was in high school, I hated high school. Okay? You have to love high school because 
I hated it, but I graduated. So that's all that matters. But I literally hated high school. I was like, man, this is a waste of my time. I go here and I watch people fight because I went to kind of like a school in the hood. Um, I went to Hollandale High. Hollandale. But then, wait, hold on, hold on. Then I used to miss school a lot, right? So they kicked me out, and I went to Hollandale Adult. Hollandale Adult. <laughs> so, um, so I was like, this is even worse, right? Because the people at Hollandale used to fight. But then when you got to Hollandale Adult, like, the fights were real. You're like, oh, no, I need to go home, right? So I missed a lot of school, and I hated high school. And I just wanted to get out of there, right? Um, and I was like, whatever, I just want to get out of here. Give me the work, and I would do all the work. And I was trying to get as many credits as possible. And you know what they put me in? You know what class they had the nerve to put me in? I'm just kidding. You know what class they gave me? You know when you show up in high school and you see your schedule, and you're like, oh, wait, training, oh, whatever. You know? They gave me keyboarding. Do you guys know? <laughs> it's not like keyboard like that, like keyboarding in the computer, right? When I read that, I'm like, what? Keyboarding? This is dumb like what you know I was like 17 I'm like this is so embarrassing I don't want to take keyboarding so they sent me to this keyboarding class because it was half a credit that's all I needed and I went there and everybody in that class was just like doing nothing and literally the whole assignment you go there and they're like the cat is black <laughs> you know and then you're like they're like put your fingers in the right place my teacher was like super old this is like the oldest teacher I ever had in my life <laughs> Right? And I was like, man, every time I go to that class, and it was a class that you couldn't do it at home. You had to be there on the computer, be like, the blue cat runs fast, you know? <laughs> You're like, and every day I'll go to that class and I'll be like, man, I hate high school. Like, I just want to get out of here. And every day I would go there, and you know what? To this day, out of all of my high school classes, that's the class that has been the most useful to me. Can you believe that? The the keyboarding class that I didn't want to take has been the most useful to me, right? Because in the beginning, they form your behaviors, and you sit there, and you type, and you type, and you type. But then that discipline becomes a nature. Now I work, you know, I used to work with writing and a lot of things that involve a lot of writing. And thank God, like, I don't even have to, I'm like one of those people at the office, that, you know? I don't have to look at the keyboard. Why? Because of that old lady in high school that made me practice my disciplines that then became a nature, right? And so that's what happens with disciplines. The more you practice a discipline, the more it becomes part of your nature. Amen? And so the more you practice righteousness, the more it becomes part of your nature. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the last stop on our tour, we're going to read verse 22. It says, you guys have your Bibles? Yeah? Okay. It says, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Amen? Amen? So the third stop is slaves to God. Right? Slaves to God. It says here, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, 
the benefit you reap leads to holiness, right? So this third stop talks about the spirit, right? We already talked about the soul. We talked about our body. Now we talk about our spirit. It says here, become slaves to God. And you know what? When we're led by the spirit of God in everything that we do, then we can truly say that we are his, right? I think it's chapter 8, verse 14, if I'm not mistaken. It says, because those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Amen? And so when we become slaves to God, it means that you submit everything in your life to the Holy Spirit. Right? God, Holy Spirit, friend, can I do this? You remember when you were a kid? You had to ask for permission for everything. Mom, can I do this? And, you know, I grew up. How many of you guys are Colombian? Good. Woo, you could be proud. Go ahead. <laughs> like, I don't know. We're in the English service. I'm not sure what to do. Um, I grew up in a, my mom's Colombian. And I turned 18, and all my friends were, like, doing what they wanted. And my mom's like, um, I'm going to translate it because I'm not going to say it in Spanish. It's like, in this house, you do what I say. I don't care how old you are. And I was like, okay, great. So every time I used to go out, I'll be like 26. Mom. <laughs> you know, like you see me, I'm like, hey, guys, hold on, hold on. Mom, ¿puedo ir a cine? <laughs> right? Then I moved out of the house. I moved into my own apartment. I'm like, okay, here we go, freedom. <laughs> and then, you know, the first time I took a trip, my mom's like, you're leaving without telling me anything? I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, you know, like, now I'm married. She's still like, where are you guys? <laughs> She's like, till the day I die. <laughs> right? And it's funnier if you could hear it in Spanish. It's like, I'm like, okay, mom, okay, you know. And that's how it is with God, right? Just get in the habit of asking for permission for everything you do. That's the best way to have a good relationship with your parents, with your mom. I just learned it. I'm 31 now, and I'm like, Mom, I was thinking about going on vacation with Josh and Zoe. <laughs> what do you think, <laughs> you know? It's the same way. If you want to have a successful Christian life, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I was thinking about, you know, I saw this guy, and I think he likes me, and I like him. What do you think, Holy Spirit? Or, hey, Holy Spirit, you know, I need a job. And I, saw, I got this job offer. What do you think? Holy Spirit, you know, I have this group of friends. What do you think? Right? Because when we submit to him, then what does the Bible say? When we are led by the Spirit, then we are really sons of God. Amen? And so that third stop is that we're slaves to God, as it says there. And what happens when we become slaves? It says the benefit, the reward of this is what? Holiness, right? It leads us to our destination where we've been wanting to get all along. And true holiness, right? And so what I wanted to say is that why do we become slaves to God? Why? Right? Some people are like, well, why? Why do I got to do that? That's how I used to be when I became a Christian. I'm like, why do I got to pray? When I went to my encounter, like, why? Why do they want me to cry? Why? 
And it's like you're a little kid. Like Zoe, her favorite word is why. And I'm, sometimes I'm like, I don't know, baby. I just don't know. You know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, it's like, why? Why is it blue? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> you know? And when I was younger, I know I get a little bit off topic, but I'll come back. When I was younger, my, I always used to ask my dad, I'm like, why? Because I've always had like a curious mind. He's like, because I said so, right? You can see the kind of house that I grew up in. And then I always used to tell myself, when I get older, when I get married and have my own kids, and when they ask me why, I'm never going to tell them because I said so. I'm always going to explain it to them, you know? And now that Zoe's asking me why, I'm like, baby, just do it, please, you know? <laughs> and every, and every time I'm about to say because I said so, I remember, like, what I told myself, and I'm like, oh, my God, why, why, you know? And so... A lot of times we're like those little kids, but why, but why, but why? Why do we become slaves to God? Why? And I'm going to tell you why, right? In 1 Corinthians, if you're taking notes, chapter 6, verse 20, it says, you are not your own. You were purchased at a very high price. That's why we are slaves of Christ. Do you understand that? We've always been slaves, you know, it's a misconception to think, because when I started, I said the world tries to sell you this idea that to do whatever you want, to live in sin is freedom, and it's a lie because we've always been slaves. We were slaves to sin. We were slaves to a lie our whole life. And then Jesus came along, and he died on the cross, and he purchased us out of that slavery. With his blood, with his death on the cross, he purchased us. That's what the Bible says. You were purchased at a very high price. You are not your own. And that's why we are slaves to God. Amen? Right? And so what happens, it says here, you're slaves to God. And as a reward to that, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. Which is where we've been trying to get all along, right? Wouldn't it be great to be a Christian that has true holiness? Because I explained in the beginning that there's a difference between righteousness and holiness. Righteousness is a behavior, but holiness is a nature, right? And when we go through these three stops, what happens is that all of a sudden we look up, we're like, wow, God has changed my nature. I truly do love the things of God, right? Like you're just listening to a worship song. You're like, I love that song, right? When did I ever think back when I was in the world that I was going to be saying about Hillsong, man, I love that song, right? When did I ever think when I was in my keyboarding class in the world that I was going to look at the Bible and be like, man, I love reading this Bible, right? When did you think that was going to happen, right? And all of a sudden, you really do start to hate the things of the world. You start to hate sin. Like, man, don't they, don't they care what God thinks, right? And your nature starts to change. And that's what happens when we take that path of slavery. We become slaves to obedience, slaves to righteousness, slaves to God. And what happens is that it's not about repression anymore, right? How it used to be. Like, when I wanted to, like, curse my sister out and I had to hold my tongue right? It's not about repression anymore. Now it's about transformation. And you have that true freedom that you've always wanted, right? You see the world for what it really is. Amen? Amen. So what we're going to do is that we're going to pray. How many of you guys want to pray? Amen. Amen. How many of you love the things of God? <laughs> no? All right. We're going to pray. And I want you guys to stand. I want to pray for you guys. And I want you guys to pray also. Don't make me pray by myself. Um, 
Because the goal, as I started out with, as Jesus said, is true life, right? For you to be a Christian that has a true life of freedom to the fullest, right? I don't want, and who cares what I want? God doesn't want his children to live a life of repression, of pretending, of, oh, my God, you know, this is my last story, I promise. I remember when I was, like, a young Christian. Maybe I'd been a Christian for a year, right? And there was a, a worship team. It's none of the people that are here now. You see what God does? God always removes the people that are not supposed to be there, right? And there was a worship team, and I remember that day after the youth meeting, my leader was like, hey, let's go ice skating or roller skating. I don't know what it was. It was one of those two. But this place was in Miami, and so it was like Saturday night, and you go ice skating, but they had these little rooms in the side, kind of like you see those windows over there? And they were like the party rooms. I don't know. It was like weird. It was back in the day. And I don't want to say the actual name of the room, but they used to play like hip-hop music there. And it was like what now would be like trap music, I guess. I don't know. Like booty music? Yeah? Okay. That's what it was. And I was skating like this. And then I, I was skating by the room and like all the people in my group and my leader, we kept skating and going around. And then we're like, we look in the room and the girl from the worship team was in there just like da 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 <laughs> right and my leader she goes to the window she's like <laughs> right my leader at the time was manu so if you guys know manu she don't play so she banged on the window she's like come here and the girl was like <laughs> she ran away <laughs> and she like ran out of like the ice skating ring or whatever it was and then the next week at church it went down right and so God doesn't want us living like that right God doesn't want us like hiding in a corner repressing our desires God doesn't want that for you God wants real freedom for you Thanks so much for tuning in. Before you go, make sure to click the follow button so you never miss what's new. We would love to connect with you. You can follow us on Instagram at G12Church and share with us how this message has impacted you. Until next time.